Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. I'm super happy to have you here today. And we're going to get started because, um, you know, I have been overwhelmed with new clients. I shouldn't say overwhelmed, but uh, so many people, you know, that are in conflict right now with this pandemic going on. And um, what, what they're really, what, what couples are really noticing um, are the patterns in their partner that um, I know they've noticed before, but they are now, um, it, it's becoming so clear to them where their conflict is, why, you know, where, the, where, the, where the, we, we get in gridlock, where the disconnect is happening, and they're not sure how to become connected again. But what's also happening is deeper issues and deeper problems are coming up. Um, for so many partners, couples right now, and you know, spouses, and I, and I, I feel that while they're very confused and they don't know what's going on, like where did this? Why didn't I notice this before? Or, or they did. They did actually notice it. What happens for so many people is in relationships and marriages that they're they're not really happy, but they're not really unhappy. And most of the time, something, um, an event, um, will will trigger them to say, "I don't want this anymore," or, or it cannot be ignored. It just in the pandemic and all of you know everybody trapped is inside with each other, is really causing us to say, "Okay, I'm not going to live like this anymore when this is over." Because why? We really do see that life is short. We really do see that anything can change at any moment, and we see when we get you know when we can escape this pandemic, we want to live our best lives. And we don't want to be in a relationship that is anything other than the best it can be, right? You don't want you don't want to live in mediocrity in your relationship in your life anymore. You 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 really want it all, and you can have it all. And again, all of a sudden, you're realizing that this relationship that you're in, your marriage, you know what? There's a lot of problems and a lot of issues you've been ignoring. And, you know, and usually what happens is this, when we fall in love, what do we do? We feel very love. We feel accepted for who we are. And it, and that's usually the only time we ever have felt that. And it is intoxicating. And so then all of a sudden you're in love, you're no longer alone. And the, that sensation of being, you know, being fully alive and joyful, connecting with each other is running through your nervous system. You feel at home. It feels familiar. And that's kind of where the, the problem begins. It feels familiar. See, men, you, most of us meet our spouse, our partner, and they feel familiar to us. And we love that. But the familiarity isn't always a good thing. They feel familiar to that parent that couldn't fill your needs, they couldn't fill the voids that, you know, they, they couldn't give you the love you wanted. Maybe they were unemotionally available, unemotionally available. They were um, abusive or um, they were, you know, living vicariously through you. You couldn't do anything right or there was a lot of arguing at home. And, and as a child, your needs weren't getting met and and, and you're, you're, you're wanting them to be to love you and you want to feel loved and you want to feel accepted for who you are but you never do and then all of a sudden comes along this partner this person 
that feels very familiar to you and you feel like they're going to love it, that they love and accept you. And you get in this relationship and you get married or you, you know, you're in it for a while and you realize that they're not going to fill that love, that void that you want filled, that they're not going to be the missing link in your life, the one that's going to heal those old wounds within you. Now, all of a sudden, that familiarity that you felt when you met them becomes overbearing. It becomes overwhelming because they're not giving you what you wanted from them, which was to fill your void. So, so you know, you're hoping and praying when you meet these people, you know, unconsciously, by the way, that they're not going to let you down. You just know that they're going to fill the void of the absent parent. You know, you know that they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And it's really, really great until, again, you realize they're not going to do any of that. You know, or you're the, um, you were a child that had everything taken care of for you. You know, you could never make your own decisions. Your parents controlled everything and you're looking for that person, you know, to come take over their job, basically. And, you know, and, but this time they're going to love you, right? Well, here you find yourself again being, yeah, taken care of, but you're non-assertive. You're, you're in a situation where your voice is not heard. And not only that, you're not getting the love you desired. And so you find yourself in this loveless marriage or this loveless relationship eventually. And then when everything goes bad and down, we're like, spinning going wait a minute what what the heck and right now in this pandemic people are noticing all the things that they were not noticing before now here's what people are coming to me with which is interesting is it's not the solvable problems so let's talk about solvable problems and let's talk about perpetual problems solvable problems are situational Okay. You argue about um, the housework, who picks up the kids from the school, um, where are you going to go on vacation? You know, the conflict is about the topic. There's no deeper meaning behind the, that position. Okay. The husband leaves the toilet seat up, the wife hates it, you know, but it's an annoyance, but there's no deeper meaning to why he's leaving the toilet seat up. So with a solvable problem, there's a solution. And the solution can be sustained. You know, you share the housework. You split the time picking up the kids. You know, you each choose a vacation spot. Solvable doesn't mean, by the way, without work. Of course, it takes effort and it takes action and you have to make an agreement. But it's solvable, right? It is solvable. And nobody's feelings are going to get hurt. You're Nobody's feeling emotionally attacked. Nobody's feeling um, emotionally unstable. Nobody's feeling abandoned. They're not, you're not, nobody is feeling um, let down. There's no emotions attached to it. Sure, you might get bugged by it or frustrated, but it's not an emotional issue. So it's solvable. Okay. So now though, what we have are the other, the other end is perpetual problems. And this is gridlock. And this is what, you know, sure, right now you are definitely, you know, arguing about the, the solvable problems. But, you, but again, that's not going to cause, you know, a divorce. It shouldn't. It's the perpetual problems that cause all the trouble. And <clears throat> when you're in gridlock, you feel like you're stuck and you guys are going nowhere. And you go round and round in conflict over a perpetual problem. 
And you know that there's perpetual problems when you have the same argument over and over again with no progress. And the discussion, you know, leaves one of you very hurt, very angry. You start um, seeing your partner as the enemy. You start vilifying your partner, you know. And when you have unhealed parts within you, this is a thousand times worse. So this is when you will, um, eventually it will lead to emotional distance between the two of you. Okay. And this is the real relationship killer. Anger is not the killer. Arguments are not the killer. Okay. It's conflict in general doesn't kill the relationship. What kills the relationship is the distance you let, you know, it create between the two of you. So the conflict isn't the end all. It's the distance that happens between the two of you. So when your partner expresses anger, you know, um, and, you know, instead of acting defensive and attacking back or shutting down, what is, he, you know, what are they, what, what, what are they really upset about? What is the, you know, you have to figure it out. They have to figure out what is this unmet desire or hope that they're, they're looking for in their partner. That, that's the question, you know, and this is what I do I, with my clients. I get down to, you know, what, what is this perpetual problem? What is it? Why does it make you so mad? You know, we dig deep into their past and we, you know, and we, we figure a lot of this out, you know, through any argument, if you can communicate that you love and accept your partner, even if you deeply disagree with them, your relationship cannot only, you know, survive, but it can thrive, right? So, Perpetual problems are things like, you know, if you have ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, you know, if you're a person of affirmations, like you like, you know, your partner, you know, telling you how much they love you, how beautiful you are, all of these things. And, you know, which is part of, you know, maybe you never heard that and that, who knows, but that that's what you love. And they never tell you those things that, you know, they, they don't, they don't do that. Perpetual problems also are things like, um, you know, you are very religious. Your partner isn't. It wasn't discussed before you got married. It should have been, but it wasn't. And this is a perpetual problem now, you know. And what what I do with perpetual problems are we come to an agreement because they can't all be solved. Not every problem is solvable. And a lot of the perpetual problems are not solvable. A lot of them I can solve. But there are some that are not solvable. You see, most of us under us um, vastly underestimate, you know, the scope of our unconscious mind and the unconscious mind, which is the, you know, the orderly, the logical thoughts of our conscious mind. But they're just they're in they're active and functioning all the time. So when we fall in love, this unconscious mind, which is actually trapped in the eternal now, and it only has a very dim dim, dim, dim awareness of the outside world is trying to recreate the environment of the childhood. So the reasons the unconscious is trying to resurrect the past is not a matter of habit of blind compulsion, but it's a bit of a compelling need to heal those old childhood wounds. So you see the unconscious mind is where you're feeling the familiarity and where you're being drawn to it. And then what you're doing is you're bringing with you the baggage that you have, whether it's abandonment issues, whether it's anger, resentment, whatever your issues that are unhealed, unresolved, you bring with you into the relationship. 
And then what happens is this. You get triggered by the, the partner that feels familiar to you and that, you know, gave you the fireworks when you met them and it all went woo. And, but now they're triggering you. Not on purpose, but they're not following your rule book. You see, unhealed people have this, this, uh, this, you know, rule book that they're, uh, they're, not, they're unaware of, by the way. But when you don't follow their rule book that says, I need you to love me this way. I need you to do this. I need you to be that. Well, when you don't follow it, you're basically triggering them. They're triggered. And when they're triggered, they react in ways that are not conducive to a healthy relationship. They're in ways that are, you know, conducive to a toxic relationship. Shutting down, yelling, running away, um, crying, um, you know, hiding. The reactions are severe. And they're um, toxic. And so when you have two people with reactions that are coming from the unhealed part of them, whatever issues they have, you have a relationship that has very little chance of surviving without getting help. Now, few people are aware of this agenda of, you know, within themselves and, you know, within other people. And some would die, you know, a lot might deny it. They don't deny it when they get to me, when I, when they come to me with their problems and they tell me what's going on and I can tell you right away where it's happening, what it is. And, you know, we start my process. So they don't realize that, um, there's a mutual experience of, you know, ruptured connecting that is a replay of each partner's childhood. I mean, they're literally experiencing they're replaying their childhood with their new partner and that connection is ruptured. It's, it can't be whole, right? Because it, it's not it's not healthy. So some people might say, well, what does my partner's drinking problem, problem have to do with the hair and now, right? Um, well, what, what, what we do is we, we are most likely, if your partner is an alcoholic or, um, you know, a, a drinker, drinks too much or a functioning alcoholic, most likely you're a caregiver, um, a, you know, a parent was either an alcoholic or um, maybe addicted to something else, but they were also a drinker, right? And, and this felt familiar to you and you knew that, but you ignored it. And you actually pick the partner to re-experience those old feelings. Why? So we could heal the sadness and the pain from the past. I know it sounds crazy, right? It does. It does. But that's what we do. We do. We do that. And we're hoping they're going to heal us. But guess what? They don't. Your partner cannot heal you. It is impossible. No one can rescue you. No one can save you. No one can fill your voids. You see, you're hoping and praying that this time they're not going to let you down. You just know that, you know, this feels so familiar. You're, you're void that of, from the absent parent, the unemotional available parent, the abusive parent, the overbearing parent, the parent that was living vicariously through you. They're going to fill these voids. And they can't. They can't. Only you can.
only you can. And here's the greatest thing about it is that when my clients come to me and they come to me with their duality, you know, love and hate within themselves for themselves and love and hate for their partners, it doesn't take me long to figure it out and to get to the bottom of it and to turn it around. But you got to understand that when you're when you're in a relationship, when you're in a partnership, when you're in a marriage, it takes two people. It is never just one person. It is never always on that one person. It takes two people to tango, right? And right now, we are literally on high alert, um, trapped with this pandemic. And even though, you know, know, you're starting to be able to go out more, it's still not normal. It's still not normal. So anyways, if you have any questions for me, you can email me at heather at heathercatherinecarter.com. You can also go on my website and fill out a form um, and have a free initial call with me to see how I can help you and your partner. Um, You know, and, and remember this, that... Love is the only thing that is real in this world. Everything else is an illusion. Fear is illusion. The, 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 all of the things that you're feeling other than love for your partner is an illusion. Why is that? Because we're born into love and we're taught fear and we're taught then all, you know, fear because of all these issues that come up from, you know, our childhood and it's not real. And if all we have to do really at the end of the day, of course, there's a process that I have to go through with you and strategies and all these things. But when we can return to love, anything is possible. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you speak to you next week. (laughs) 